My guest today is Arthur Geese here to talk about his review of Sunset Overdrive. I'm Justin McElroy, and you're listening to Quality Control. Welcome to the uh, to the program. Hello. We've had a run of uh, mixed, I would say, episodes of Quality Control. Well, great episodes of Quality Control <laughs> about yeah, yeah. Uh, mixed reviews, I would say. Yeah, it's been sort of a, a weird, uh, inconsistent fall uh, thus far, I think. But that all changes today with our uh, discussion of your review of Sunset Overdrive. Yeah, I'm... Uh... I gotta say, when I saw this uh, unveiled at E3 a couple years ago, um, it seemed like something that no one could possibly pull off and make it good. So uh, I'm I'm a little taken aback still that it turned out really really well. One of the things that I found really interesting, and I've played eh, maybe four or five hours, but um, one of the things I found interesting so far about about Sunset Overdrive is that they uh, managed to make meta jokes. Uh, about video games, about the the existence of this game, about it being a game, um, and a lot of a lot of uh, uh, reviews have attempted to to do that. A lot of games, sorry, have attempted to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, perhaps the best example that springs to my mind is uh, the horrifically flawed Matt Hazard. If anybody remembers that, gem. Jesus, I yeah. know, right? Dipping in the back catalog. That's a deep but, uh, cut. <clears throat> Sunset Overdrive. I, in my opinion, manages to make it work pretty well. Uh, in, in your view, how do they how do they do that? How do they strike that balance? Um, I think it's it's an absence of self seriousness, um, and there there's a comfort with being fun and over the top, and it doesn't. There's not a need to be kind of an asshole about it or to have like this sort of tone of being above the audience of being above the game. Um, it makes jokes about video games, but it never seems like it's insulting, uh, the audience. And that's sort of a line that I think a lot of games, uh, come down on the wrong side of. Uh, so it's less making fun of people for liking these tropes and more to sort of acknowledging that they are what they are. Sure. Yeah. I think that that's accurate. And like the respawning is probably the best example of that. I think. How do you mean? Uh, so every time you, uh, die and come back in sunset overdrive, it is to the tone of a visual pun, uh, typically a pop culture reference often for video games. Um, and every one of them is funny. And what's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? Uh, I think the one that took me the most by surprise was, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Terminator films, Justin. Yes. Um, in those movies, whenever Arnold Schwarzenegger, the Terminator, uh, sort of materializes back in time, he is in this sort of blue electrical bubble that carves a hole in the ground and he's got his one knee on the ground, one knee up and both his fists on the ground. And there's definitely a point where you respawn that way. I did think they missed a little bit by not having him spawn naked. Yeah. But, 
That's too bad. Um, they, uh, we, you and I were, were talking about this as I was playing through, and I mentioned that I was having a, a little bit of trouble with navigation, and you said that uh, later on I would unlock some moves that would um, make that easier. And it's interesting, playing Sunset Overdrive, there are some big uh, changes to the way you navigate the world that really make it a lot more enjoyable. Uh, but they hold on to them until uh, you've been playing for a little while. Do you think that's a gamble? And if so, do you think it's one that paid off? I think uh, th- the way I looked at it after I finished the game is that there's a real sense of needing to walk before you can run in that game. And or grind, as the case or, Yeah, exactly. Or jet grind, as the case may be. Um, and to, to be honest, like it's a little intimidating at first the amount of stuff they throw at you. Um, and it's not that they're complicated in practice. The X button comes into play a lot, but later on uh, the right bumper gets added and you have to sort of know wh- where you're going and what you can do on what surfaces. And uh, to be honest, I think that I would have gotten a little mixed up if the right bumper had been more involved earlier on. And that's sort of what they add with the air dash after a certain point. Um, but uh, I think it's important that they teach you how to do the most basic sort of fundamental elements of traversal in that game. And I don't know that giving you the air dash and the super high bounce early on would have been the right way to accomplish that. You talk in your review at the beginning about this feeling like a game people wanted to make. There's certainly a sense that um, that... that Insomniac had a lot of fun while they were making this. Yeah. What, were, what were like the tip-offs to you? When you're playing a game, how can you f- get a sense of, of that enjoyment that the developer was having? Um, I, I think sometimes in reviews we talk about they're feeling like there's a checklist of things that a developer has to hit in a game to make it uh, a big, quote, commercial success or a big AAA title. And this game sort of cuts across that and doesn't really go by those numbers. And I think the biggest one being that shooting is in the game, but shooting is a secondary consideration to just moving around the world to the point where in the grand scheme of things, there are very few fights that you actually need to get, get into where even the boss fights are traversal puzzles, um, rather than just sort of shooting challenges. Um, and it just, there's such a clear enthusiasm present that wasn't present in uh, Fuse, which is their last game that I also reviewed. And I, it just so gloriously revels in being a video game, which is something that I don't feel... I, I mean, I know that you really liked Resistance 3. Um, yeah, it was a good one. But uh, I, I thought that that was a very sort of by-the-numbers Half-Life kind of shooter, and it was also very dark. And... For something like this to so tonally go against the grain of sort of the AAA landscape and to be as enthusiastic as it is, it feels like there was like a genuine, a genuine sort of enthusiasm behind it. Um, you mentioned shooting. I, I think it's really interesting to, uh, as sort of a counterpoint to a lot of shooters that are released, that a lot of the weapons that you get in this game are dumb oh they're th- really stupid they're really stupid did that did that bother you at all or do you think it's just part of the the game 
Um, I think it fits in with the sort of making do with garbage motif, if you will, uh, that drives the game, and that's a joke that they come back to. Uh, I think um, to give it to give an example here of what of the sort of thing I'm talking about. There's a weapon that you unlock that is basically a child sprinkler toy mm-hmm. that shoots acid. Sure. Um, and a lot of games, there's a situation that you find yourself in, and you think, well, this is the right opportunity to use my shotgun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a good shotgun opportunity. In Sunset Overdrive, a lot of times it feels like, hell, there's a lot of guys down there. I don't know. Maybe this thing, maybe this will, <laughs> yeah. will work. I, I think that they they build the weapon system in such a way that they want you to use several weapons per encounter. That it's not about finding a specific weapon and using that all the time, although uh, there are definitely sort of like bread and butter weapons that are are more broadly applicable, we'll say. Um, I think that the, the, the idea of elemental effects and weaknesses and the sort of rock, paper, scissors ideas behind those with the, with the weapons create situations where you will switch between three or four different guns in very quick succession to get different things done. And, and the sort of way they look is to me, that seems like a hook to get you to try something that you Mm -hmm. might not otherwise do. Uh, there are, you know, you mentioned uh, sort of gradually adding on locomotive systems. Um, there are under the hood, like a lot of, systems that are uh, for customization of your character. Right. There are, um, you know, not only do you, you level up weapons and buy, and as a result, buy like amps that upgrade those. You also buy amps that uh, uh, boost your own individual skills. And then there are badges that you unlock <clears throat> depending on how much bouncing or grinding or shooting or melee you do. Sure. And you use those badges to buy these uh, overdrives. Uh, did you feel overwhelmed at, at any by by the amount of, of customization there is for your character? I do think it stumbles a little bit in how it sort of explains the badge system in particular, um, because it it's really it's just weird. Like the way that you get badges makes sense. It's very much like a Elder Scrolls game in that you get badges for doing the stuff that you like doing and do a lot. And that in turn lets you unlock upgrades for those things. Um, But it's not super well explained, and it took me some time to sort of wrap my head around that upgrade system. But the the sort of bright side of that is that everything feels like this sort of hook into the other systems in the game. Like, you, you get into fights and you get stuff to buy amps, and to use amps you have to do better doing everything else, and... Uh, I I appreciate that sort of um, that feedback loop tying into other feedback loops. Uh, there is a ton, a ton of collectibles there yes. uh, uh, in this game, like a lot. Toilet paper, shoes, um, cameras to destroy, signs, fizzy to collect, balloons, fizzy yeah. balloons to grab. When you're playing a game for review, especially, how do you like balance your time? between like charging through the the story and side quests and just like taking time to to go after stuff like that. I mean, I like what people might want to hear is that 
we have a blanket policy where we have to collect this percentage of stuff uh, to really feel like we can give a substantive opinion. But I, I think that you would probably agree with this. The amount of stuff like that that we collect during the review process has to do a lot with how fun it is to do that. Um, right. Like in Crackdown, if I had been reviewing that, I probably would have gotten at least half of those orbs just because it became my only reason for existence in that game. Uh, and in this, I, I wouldn't quite put it on that same level, but collecting that stuff is fun. It's a often a traversal challenge all on its own, and it was something I wanted to do. And also, there's a sort of minimum of those things that you have to collect over time to upgrade your base and get more powerful amps. Uh I, I have some questions here from our readers. Uh, sure. First one comes in from Mike. Every time I see this game, and, and actually this is asked by two different people, this is almost the exact same question. James also asked. Every time I see this game, it reminds me of the Infamous series, from the shooting to the grinding to, to getting around. Oh, from the shooting to the grinding to getting around. <laughs> what are some of the unique mechanics that help set Sun Drive, Sunset Overdrive apart? Uh, it's fast all the time. Um, in Infamous, I feel like... You could grind around rails and things like that, but that was sort of a thing that you got later that you only did sometimes. Um, and there was a real sense of just weight, I think, to to traversing buildings and things like that in Infamous. And that's not the case here. Like, every surface is a, is a surface to be navigated quickly. Um, and it's also much taller, I think, than the Infamous games ever were. Um, and I, I just think that it is a bigger, more bombastic game than those games are. And it's considerably less serious, which I think is to its credit. I also found it pretty forgiving. Yeah. If, you're, if you're unsure of where you're, what you're going to do next in the, in the heat of, a, a, of the moment, a lot of times pounding X or the jump button will get you where you need to go. And dying just isn't a punishment. Um, not right. just because, oh, hey, cool, wacky respawn scene, but also it's incredibly generous with checkpoints. Um, and even in a boss fight, you're not going to lose much in the way of progress for, for dying. Um, so I, I just think that it is a game that's more invested in you playing it and having fun than giving you these static sort of encounters that you have to beat. It's more about being played and being good at playing it than... Uh, than beating things. Matthew asks, after playing Sunset Overdrive at EGX, I knew it was fun, but I wasn't sure there's was enough gunplay and locomo enough in the gunplay and locomotion to support a full game of fun. The reviews are clearly very positive. So what in Arthur's opinion is the thing that sustains the full length of the game? Uh, humor, personality, the the various upgrade systems, I think, reward you for playing the way you want to and for succeeding. Um, I think the cast of characters is actually pretty charming it is sort of bullish um for lack of a better term in the way that it's got factions that are very specifically modeled after things um and i just it is so aggressively charming that it's difficult to to put down and so rewarding in its basic play that i mean it's an open world game where i never use the fast travel system um there's a uh, a question here from Creighton 
who asks, what kind of open world game does Arthur like or dislike? He said, if you didn't read anything like fans of the genre will like it, so, and it sounds like I'll like it, but I'm curious to know what open world preferences he brought to the review. Uh, for open world stuff, I prefer sort of the Assassin's Creed sort of school of thought, I think, in a lot of ways. Uh, How do you mean? It's a world where navigating that world is part of the joy of it, where doing things in that world is part of the joy of it, as opposed to here's a giant collection of stuff that recreates the real world. Have fun figuring out all the real world things you can do. Um, I'm not really invested in navigating mundanity of everyday life in a video game space. Um, mm-hmm. I think Crackdown would be an example of a game that I enjoy much more than any Grand Theft Auto game, um, just by virtue of what you're doing in it. Um, so I think that the thing about Sunset Overdrive is in a lot of ways it feels as designed as a directed sort of single-player experience, except there's that giant sense of possibility that a totally open world offers. Uh, got a question from Thomas here. Uh, is Sunset Overdrive good enough to warrant buying an Xbox One if I haven't already. This is certainly something that Microsoft is is aware of. They just announced the Sunset Overdrive bundle uh, out to, uh, in, in an announcement today um, and, and a price cut to yeah. try to move some units for, for the holidays. Is this a, you know, uh, is this a killer app? Is this the killer app for the Xbox One? Or uh, what do you think? Um, I mean, it's, it's weird because... We haven't really talked about exclusives in a long time because there haven't been a lot this year other than, like, Nintendo stuff. Um, is it the best exclusive I've played this fall so far? Yeah, it is. Um, am I... Do I think that Xbox One owners are going to be glad that they have one for it? Yeah, but it's it's hard for me to, to sort of make... to figure out that value proposition for people. Um, I think... Microsoft has demonstrated that they are investing in games that are going to make you really wish you had an Xbox One. That's sort of been their plan from the beginning. And I think that Sunset Overdrive is a a much better example of that than, than I worried it would be when it was announced. Arthur, thank you so much for joining me on the show. Thank you for having me. And thank you to you for listening. Uh, to to quality control. We sure appreciate it. If you get a second to leave us a review on iTunes or subscribe or rate us there, that would just be the best. And if you could take a moment today to tell a friend about the show, hey, you know that game that just came out on Set Overdrive? Here are a couple people talking about it. If that's the sort of thing that would appeal to you. Um, uh, I think that's going to do it for us, though, for today. Until the next time we have a game to talk about for Arthur Geese, I'm Justin McElroy. Thank you for listening to Polygon's Quality Control. Mm-hmm.